day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, Ella, that was great. You know, when people see us during the week, they don't know what, what we've got in us. That's probably true for all of us, right? We look at each other and we don't, we don't know what's inside. Well, I, I hope, like Ella, you have, you have a way to, to show it, to give it. It may not be singing on a Sunday morning. It may be doing something else. It may be yeah, making a pie. It, but it, but let it come out. The world needs it. Thank you for that, Ella. Now, the appointed scripture comes from the instructions Jesus is giving his disciples. It's, it's, a, it's a troubling lesson I, I think we don't often read. Our sanctuary is a place of comfort and learning and serving and caring. How at the same time could it be a place where we have to make a choice between Jesus Christ and a family member? And yet, we know abuse often comes from someone close. We know that fear of a parent in face of failure or, or difference can lead to suicide in a child. I remember listening to a pastor uh, tell his parishioner who was being abused by her husband well, that it's her cross to bear. I wanted to say, no! It's okay to escape the violence. Leave the spouse with God. And start a new life in the loving arms of Christ. But I told myself I didn't know the situation well enough. It wasn't my church, and so I said nothing. Would Jesus have been silent? Usually we're called to be faithful to the covenant in the name of Christ, so, so we can learn about God's unconditional love of us and, and our divine covenant. As Jesus called James and John away from their father, sometimes God calls us away from our family to create beloved community. Even our family should not become our God. That's how I explain this passage. But now I'd like to share two or three things that I've learned this year with you. First, you are a powerfully faithful and missional church, responding genuinely to the call of Jesus Christ. You sent your board chair, Brady, <laughs> didn't we, to serve another church as a licensed local pastor. Another leader, Cassie, has signed up for the next inquiring candidates retreat the end of July. 
And maybe there's somebody here who would like to join her. Six of you have become certified by the annual conference as lay servants. Three have begun the journey toward certification as lay speakers. Two of you, Tom and Beth, are studying this year in the year-long Institute of Congregational Development. Dozens have studied scripture together this year. Dozens have, have, have picked up key leadership roles and attended training and planning programs to shape the future of this church. It's in good hands. Several children, two youth, and three adults have been baptized for the first time. Twenty have joined as new members of this church, and six have, have newly joined the leadership board, two as chairs because we sent one off. Three accepted the role as lay leader and two as, as lay members of annual conference. With God's grace, you did that this year. You are a powerful and faithful church. You are accepting roles in worship, hospitality, leadership, and service. You, you reached out to other churches to collaborate on, on mission endeavors. You, you wrote two devotional books, produced two amazing musical celebrations, put on a weekly midweek faith fellowship and food program, extending our hospitality to children and families in the community. You sent, as you see, children and families to camp, youth to a service camp, and hosted an impressive vacation Bible school. I wonder if anyone has a count of the thousands of meals that you have provided the hungry this year, and thousands of nails that you pounded in new houses. I know I am missing a lot. The confirmation classes, women's circles, Sunday school classes, nursery care, North Shore school for seniors, the greeters, ushers, coffee servers, and, and we often forget the impact that we have on the children in the, in the daycare who come to weekly chapel and the children in preschool. I an offer here from people who, who worship with us online because of their inability to get out, and, and that's made possible by the practiced process of production. Thank you, team. You don't accomplish this without prayer. There are many people who in their younger years are actively doing these activities who are now praying diligently for those who can do them. And all of you, all of you who support the work of this church financially, this is your church. One that loves God and responds practically and passionately to God's call. JR and I have loved being part of this with you. My clue that you knew what you were doing was a short conversation I had with a man who had come to see a relative confirmed. He was in his 60s and he told me that in his, in, in his life uh, long, uh, uh, his long life as, as a United Methodist, this was the most welcoming church he had ever been in. Do you, you hear that? Do you want me to say that again? You got it, right? 
Our call to be the church of Jesus Christ is not finished. As long as we know the fulfilling, the forgiving, the guiding and empowering love of God, as long as we know there are people who feel alone, hungry, abandoned, and weak, as long as there are those who feel like they have love to share, talent to give, or, or a need to fill, and, and would like an effective, welcoming, and accepting community with whom to work, and as long as there is injustice, oppression, and evil in the homes, on the streets, or in the gatherings of this city, God needs and depends on this church. I have learned from our time together. I learned from the closing of the once grand East Side Summerfield Church that charity is not our primary mission. We participated in their amazing ministry of providing three hot meals a week to 40 to 50 people who are homeless. But what that church did not have was a way to empower those people or other people with the living bread of Christ to sustain the household of God that was offering the ministry. As a result, the congregation dwindled to about 10 members. And they couldn't maintain their building or sustain their ministry. And we celebrated the closure of that, of that church, that historic church at annual conference this week. Inviting people on the path of becoming followers of Jesus Christ and offering them living bread is the church's primary mission. When our churches don't do that, they fail. We have described a follower of Christ as one who loves God, cares for others, and serves in the world. Well, Jesus sent us foremost to increase the number of followers who live that way until all have been invited. And the world is a place where people are not needlessly hungry or abused or alone. We can easily get caught up on being a follower ourselves and we don't help others to be followers. But we saw that a declining church cannot, cannot be an unjust world's go-to system for feeding hungry people. Rather, a loving world served by a beloved church needs to structure itself so that masses of people are not hungry. I agreed to accept another year in ministry in Milwaukee at Brown Deer United Methodist Church, in part because I have seen too many urban churches close. I was in the attic of Emmanuel Church on 38th and Silver Spring, where the address plates for three churches were stored. These churches had closed and their members had become part of 
Emmanuel Church. And then we closed Emmanuel. These are issues, there are, there are issues that all of our churches are facing that are too big for any one church to face. One is a profound need for, for lay and clergy leadership in our churches. This is the only church among the six churches of our circuit with a full-time ordained United Methodist clergy person. There's another circuit that I will be part of with 10 churches, and, and they have more. But it's the condition of our churches. This church is a pillar for the Metro Church. We have human resources here that can make a difference to Christ's mission, not only here, but across the city. God can use us to inspire faith, hope, and love in the city. Another issue is a re-examination of our buildings as instruments of our mission. Though our congregations have gotten smaller, we have emotionally hung on to large, burdensome, and inaccessible buildings. And as we've seen recently, we've filled, we've filled them with cabinets of old trophies and cheap furniture, the kind we wouldn't have in our homes. We have lost focus on what Jesus sent us to be and do. I invite you to visit some other churches and note what you see. I can't help but think that the time to, to save Summerfield was 20 years ago. And to save many others is now. My wife and I were reflecting on, on our visit to Summerfield 20 years ago when we were looking for a church and eventually came here. Our comment then was this church smells like a museum. God needs our churches, depends on our people in the churches to do God's work. Now, I'm not talking about this church. This, this building is, is filled with activity during the week. Is another reason why I believe this church is a pillar providing support for and, and hope to the entire Metro Church. Last fall, we, we hosted the, the charge conference for the circuit of six churches. Our committees and teams of knowledge and experience that would benefit the larger church. I'm not saying we have all the answers. We, we don't because we don't have all the experiences or all the questions. In this, in this church, in, in the past, we have provided training for the conference for the state. With your leadership and with Pastor Gary Holmes, this church is in a position to do so again. What Dick Steinmetz is doing with Solomon Community Temple and other churches on the Habitat House and in the Harambe District is one such effort. Now, the Stewardship Committee 
doesn't know I'm about to say this. Pardon me. Though we are, we are in the black as we, as we close out the year this week, we came up about 10% or $80,000 short of our pledge goal for next year. That begins this week. Yes, it was an ambitious goal, larger than last year. But we thought we needed that to build on the work that you have done and to do the work that is needed. We would like to bring back a director of food ministries to support the midweek food, faith, and fellowship program that we call Wednesday Night Live and support the food missions See, that wasn't in this year's budget, but we added it when I came. Because it was so successful in reaching out to the community, we would like to keep that in the budget. And we decided to add a staff member in the area of outreach, church growth, and community engagement. We're committed to growing this church and have methods and personnel ready to do so. If we don't grow the church, our mission and the mission of all of our urban churches will suffer. But perhaps most important is the opportunity we have to bring in Pastor Gary Holmes, who is an experienced pastor of church growth and will serve you for many years to come. I know the difference made to have not only a dedicated leadership team, but the commitment of a supportive and engaged membership with a balanced budget. So if you have the capacity to give a bit more, whether or not you've already made your pledge, I invite you to write an additional check. This church and the difference it is making in our families, in this community, and in the metro is worth the investment. You can take heart in the fact that we are ending this church in the black. So you can write on your check, 2324. In some churches, we would be, and I've been in services in them, we would be passing the plate until we had that secured. Know also that you could double your impact by inviting one additional family this year to become part of this beloved and effective community of Jesus Christ. I, I still see some empty seats. Uh, Tom, Tom, are these available for others who might come? Okay. Then, I don't know if you have to stand up to look, there are some empty places up here where people could sit down if you invited them to come, and they wouldn't feel cramped. <laughs> well, I'm happy. I'm happy to give another year of my life in ministry. If I didn't love it, and if I didn't have a blessed year with you, if I didn't love the way God has loved, called, and guided, empowered me, my, 
my family and this church all along the way. If I didn't see how God's love changes people's lives, I wouldn't have any desire to keep doing this full time. I'd like to share a Lori Klein song from Psalm 35. I often find myself singing it these days when J.R. and I are walking, and J.R. thought you might like to hear it. It's in the Black Hymnal on page 2068, 2068, if, if you'd like to sing along with me. In fact, you may need to help me sing. It's this. this year. I have the privilege of introducing the order of farewell. This is from the book of worship. I thank you, members and friends of the United Methodist Church of Whitefish Bay, for the love and support you have shown me and my wife while I have ministered among you. I am grateful for the ways my, my leadership has been accepted. I ask forgiveness for the mistakes I have made. As I leave, I carry with me all that I have learned here. We receive your thankfulness, offer forgiveness, and accept that you now leave to minister elsewhere. We express our gratitude for your time among us. We ask your forgiveness for our mistakes. 
Your influence on our faith and faithfulness will not leave us with your departure. I accept your gratitude and forgiveness, and I forgive you, trusting that our time together and our parting are pleasing to God. I release you from turning to me and depending on me. I encourage your continuing ministry here and will pray for you and for your new pastor, Reverend Gary Holmes. God, God of all time and place, whose constant, constant love for us is eternal, we give you thanks, thanks for your cherished memories and commend one another into your care as we move in new directions. Keep us one in your love forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So I'd like to say some words on behalf of Pastor Don and, and JR. Thanks for your dedication and compassion in guiding our spiritual sermon series and classes over the last year, and JR for helping out on our Sunday coffee area. Personally, in my own spiritual journey, Pastor Don, you have been an inspiration and a mentor in opening up doors that one year ago I could never imagine that I would be standing here and walking through the doors and walking down as a lay servant, going to class with Beth Grobel in terms of ICD, and I'm going to be recruiting others next year for the hospitality team, and for now representation on two boards at this church. And equally important, early Sunday or early Wednesday morning to the, to the men's Bible study. Don, I have found my calling because of you. It's because of your work that I stand here. I'm sure others in this congregation can also witness to your pastoral care in helping us find happiness enjoy in this world. You will always, always be an important part of the legacy of the United Methodist Church of Whitefish Bay. May God bless you. <laughs>